This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. Safety Wars for Thursday, February 9th. 2023. Remember, Valentine's Day is coming. Remember, Valentine's Day is coming. I'll say that again. For, uh, on, uh, what day is it? The 14th is on a Tuesday. So what does that mean? That means you better be prepared or you better have an excuse. A real good one. I know one year I forgot about it, and uh, my mother was very annoyed. So, we're calling, we are uh, broadcasting live from our broadcast center in beautiful Clarkstown, New York. So I was working uh, today on some stuff uh, that we'll announce in the very near future. Some very exciting things that are going to be happening. They will be happening in the next couple of weeks. Not a lot going on today in the news as far as OSHA stuff, uh, workplace compliance or anything like that. But uh, that doesn't mean that it's nothing ever happened because safety is eternal. Safety always happens. Right? Safety happens whether we consciously do it or not. So, uh, anyway, last night's program, we went into an area that I haven't gone into. It's uh, politics. Right? You know, and as uh, our leader here jay allen said what you don't when since when don't you talk about politics in some way well you know i didn't talk about logistics and what the important what important thing was about last night's program is i wanted to talk about logistics how do you run a campaign how do you know when you're being manipulated how you're being known when you're being being uh, fed a load of uh bull guvernum right with things and i'm i'm gonna reiterate it uh it's real simple getting on the ballot getting on the ballot is the most important thing you could do so you someone wants to run for political office okay you go there and say okay who's running uh, who's on the how are you getting on the ballot what's your plan if they do not have a plan walk away if they say, well, we're just going to go out there and start yelling and screaming, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Get away. If they're running for office, that means you're getting on the ballot. There has to be a plan for that, number one. Number two is, especially if you're dealing with a presidential election, and, you know, that's coming up, that whole silly season is coming up very, very shortly here. The whole uh, political season. Uh 
if you're getting involved, you're, you know, you, hey, you want to work on a presidential campaign, realize you have to have the resources to go to 3,243 county conventions in the United States. And that all has, works with ballot access, your position on the ballot, things of that nature. Different states run things a little bit differently. Here in New York, you run things differently uh, than Iowa and some of the other states. But this is basically it. And so what do you need on top of 3,243 counties? You're going to need 3,243 people spread out nationwide in all those counties. At least one person. You're going to need 50 uh, state chair people, right? You're going to need 50 assistants to those people. You're going to need 50 press people for those. You're going to need 50 volunteer coordinators, 50 state treasurers, 50 attorneys, and you're going to need a couple of more people. So what are you going to need? You're, you're going to need, by my count, a minimum of 3,543 people. And if you're really going to run an, a, an effective presidential campaign, you're going to be running on a four-year uh, four minimum uh, cycle. That means for year one, which uh, is right after the election. So for us, uh, uh, year one, uh, of the uh, of the uh, Biden administration, if the Republicans wanted to w run somebody, they had to start uh, preparing in 2021. Then 2022, run a couple of candidates, network, that sort of thing. Then num number three, uh, year three, is you're going out recruiting and educating the voting populace. And then the year four, you're actually running the candidates and everything else getting all prepared. A lot of money. On the money end, uh, I spoke to a uh, a uh, uh, I spoke to a uh, former presidential candidate. I've been involved in several uh, presidential ca uh, campaigns, uh, but basically, uh, the last person I spoke to, I'm not going to mention their name. Basically, you how much money you need? You need a minimum of about ten million dollars to run a third party campaign unsuccessfully. Now, what's the allure of the third-party campaign is that often a third-party campaign, when they're running things, all right, and we're going to get to the safety in a minute, but I wanted to recap last night. When you get to the, uh, uh, the, the uh, third party is, the advantage is, is that if you're a political novice, you get to be in charge of something and you get to learn. It's really good on-the-job training, number one. Number two is that often... The main parties, Republican and Democrat, are, are going to go and try to cater to the third party people so they don't have, uh, so they can, uh, so their votes are not siphoned off, right? That's the other thing. The third thing is often the issues that are brought about by third parties are often incorporated into the main platforms of the major parties way it is that's all i wanted to say now why am i recapping this also is that i when i want to upload the program right went to upload. i i had a phenomenal program i, I said you know i got it going and everything else it didn't record so now we had to work things out so i have redundant recording devices here uh so that if it does happen again it'll happen again right it's gonna happen again remember yen's rasmussen it's gonna happen again right there's always going to be human error somewhere in there. Something's going to go kaplooey. Uh, we'll be able to uh, go and uh, 
will be able to go and uh, no, respond to. We'll have capacity in the system. And guess what? We worked safety into that because what's safety? Safety is capacity in the system. What is a one attribute of safety, right? Resilience, capacity, things of that nature. You always want to add capacity. And uh, that's our buzzword. So uh, a little bit of human and organizational performance. Uh, one of the projects I'm on, they had a new influx of uh, people, right? Huge influx of people in the last two weeks. And how do I run, how do I run and my people and everyone run the projects? We use HOP, Human Organizational Performance. We're, I know we're, uh, most of our projects, our clients are still on the old way of thinking, but we're trying, we're slowly getting them to change their ways and incorporate updated stuff. And we went into a little intro to HOP today. We talked about performance modes, uh, you know, the skills-based mode and the rules-based mode and the knowledge mode and, and everything and why it's important to go and set up your work areas and to be prepared for work and everything else with that. And we talked about the definition of safety with that, all of that in mind. And now, Jim, this is a construction site. You can't tell construction workers they're not going to do that. I said, I really don't care because this is what it is. You have a bunch of workers, right? Workers don't feel empowered in a lot of workplace settings to do that, right? They're, you're hired to do a job. They're, hey, you got to do X, Y, and Z, and you do it, right? And they're not going to be on that level often. Well, who's going to be on that level? It's going to be their managers, their supervisors, and other people involved in there. So why is what? Well, so if you can maybe get to their managers, supervisors, foremen, things like that, now you have the leadership on the hand, and now they can drive that there. And off, and let's remember, some of those workers are not going to be workers for forever. They're going to be promoted up. So what am I saying? Basic communication skills. Talk to your leaders, and then the leaders will drive it through to the workforce. That's the way I look at things. Rarely, rarely, and it does happen on occasion, Rarely does it go from the workers on up the chain. You got to get in the C-suite and everything else. And then what happened? Klein, I'm checking in with, he says, uh, Jim, what did you talk about today? Now, that's one of the standard questions. Jimmy, what did you talk today about today during the safety meeting, meeting? Oh, well, we talked about this and why it's important and to set up your work area. And so there is less human error and there's more resilience in the system so they can work more efficiently, makes more money for you, Mr. Client, to not have accidents and to have everybody set up their work area properly. Oh, wow. So you mean I can probably make a little bit more money, get a little bit of dough in the pocket? Yeah, you can. This is the reason why they're not, uh, right? This is why housekeeping is important. This is why organization is important. So people aren't running around looking for crap is one of the things, and, you know, you could go and work. Makes things less stressful. Very good. And that's how I sell this to the uh, to the management here. So uh, that's what we got going on here, uh, the recap. And with this, uh, again, uh, with us, I reworked our website a little bit, and I keep a very 
basic, simple website, safetywords.com. Reason why I keep it simple is that one, it's easy for me to update. Number two, it's easier for you to view on the uh, on your device and on your thing, and, and on your uh, device, your computer, whatever you're using. And, uh, you know, I, I like simplicity, black and white. So go on over to safetywords.com. If you want to be a guest on the program, email me, jim at safetywords.com. If you want to advertise, jim at safetywords.com. Phone number? You can call me personally, 845-269-5772. And you can reach us on our uh, favorite podcasts, um, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, as Safety Wars. That's if, assuming that everything records. The other thing is this. The... The other thing is this. The, uh, we have links to all of our social media accounts, our podcasts. Our, uh, right? So right now, I pretty much keep Facebook updated, Gab, Twitter, Instagram. I like to hang out on Instagram. And also on uh, LinkedIn, Jim Posel, P-O-E-S-L. I got to add that to that, this. But anyway. Okay, on with the news. We're going to take a brief break here, and then we're going to get started here. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with The Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with The Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with The Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. OSHA recordables, first aid cases, catastrophic losses. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. Okay, and our main story continues to be this here-ish situation over in Turkey and Syria. As you know, I uh, have a client with uh, that uh, four of their employees who I deal with, with on a fairly regular basis are uh, from Turkey. And uh, none of their immediate family was uh, directly impacted by this. Uh, no, no uh, that's missing pe- people or anything, but this earthquake over here. Uh, this is from uh, today, uh, uh, updated, uh, no, very recently, right? Because this number keeps on going up. We have uh, roughly 19,500 people uh confirmed death toll uh, in Syria and Turkey. 
Right. So uh, hundreds of thousands are left homeless in the middle of winter. First UN aid convoy enters southwest Syria from Turkey, and uh, someone, a two-year-old, was pulled from the rubble in Turkey 79 hours after the quake. So a lot of people are very PO'd. Here, this is the information I got from uh, my uh, uh, work colleagues that uh, the, uh, and from reading on there, that no, 1999, a lot of the laws, the building codes, and everything else changed in Turkey. And what happened was a lot of these uh, folks, uh, a lot of these, uh, they, they feel that the government over there, I don't know if this is true or not, was not enforcing the building codes and there was corruption and everything else. Well, guess what? That happens all over the place. Uh, not only in Turkey, happens everywhere. And they did not have the capacity to respond to this level of emergency. So, uh, again, we're talking about the safety uh, factor here. Layers of safety. What are some of the layers of safety here? One, building codes, right? Prevention through design. Number two, uh, no, you're not going to get away, away from people building in earthquake zones. That's going to happen. Uh, that's but that's one thing you're relying on uh, everybody doing the right thing uh, governments inspecting things construction companies building things everybody relying on that and then eventually what do you get to you get to personal responsibility and preparedness and everything else and again this area is uh, from my understanding the main area impacted according to people I've spoken to is uh this area is the one of the more rural and poorer areas of Turkey and Eastern Turkey. People doing the best they can. But the question is for you is exactly what are you going to do with, uh, now what, what are you going to do as far as, uh, your, uh, personal safety? Right, you have to assess what's going on in your area. What are your likely emergencies? Whether it's your workplace, school, home, other people's home that you may be uh, responsible for. You know, extended family, uh, parents, grandparents, what have you, the infirm. Well, what are you going to do about it? Uh, you know, it's just the way it is uh, out there, unfortunately. Okay, in the same area, we're, uh, we'll stick to the same area. Uh, they're calling it, uh, one newspaper uh, is calling it the Countdown to Z-Day, right? Because uh, Russia is using the uh, letter Z on a lot of its military equipment. Uh, there's been reports of Russia massing 1,800 tanks, 700 aircraft, and 500,000 men for the new Ukraine assault in 10 days after Zelensky begs, begs the UK for jets. So people are saying this is going to happen later this month. They're saying, uh, how do they get 10 days out of February 24th on or about? Uh, I don't know, but they're saying that uh, it's going to be a countdown here uh, for this. Uh, uh, there, uh, uh, Putin reportedly is going to come from the east, the Donbass region, uh, and from the south through the back, back sea through Crimea and Kyrgyzstan area uh, to uh, invade Ukraine and put an end to this war. Uh, 
uh, I don't know. Uh, again, I pray for peace. But uh, again, this is what's going on out here uh, with this. Right now, the Ukrainian uh, servicemen are uh, uh, now getting ready. They're, uh, tr- they're getting new training on new equipment from the West. And it's uh, what my question is this, right? Uh, reportedly, there were well over a thousand uh, uh, Russian tanks that were uh, destroyed in this year, right? and numerous armored personnel carriers, armored vehicles, uh, and uh, things of that nature. The uh, men we got, they got men, they got manpower, but do they have everything else that they need to fight a war? I don't know. Just don't know. Uh, if this invasion does not happen, uh, I think they're going to move for a peace. That's my uh, read on this. But I don't think that they're bluffing here. So we're going to, as usual, keep an eye on things here. In Germany, how's this impacting everywhere else? Let's talk about Germany. German politicians and military chiefs, this is from the Guardian, uh, Guardian.com. Right, German political and medical, mil, political and military figures in Germany have suggested a return of compulsory military service after um, the new defense minister described the 2011 phase out of general conscription as a mistake. So they had general conscription up until 2011, and uh, as a mistake uh, that had contributed to alienating the general public from civic institutions. This is one of the main things even in this country with the older veterans uh, from 73 and before that they should have uh, a, a conscription in the United States because it's added to a lack of cohesion in society here. I don't know. You're there. You know, everyone has their own opinion on here. On this, the German power, power, parliamentary commissioner, the armed forces, Eva Hugel of the center left SPD, on Wednesday urged the government to ask itself whether some form of obligatory civic service was required to at least address, uh, address staff shortages in German army ranks. We definitely need more personnel in the Bundeswehr. Hogel told the Augsburger Allgemeine newspaper. Yes, I took German for four years. Uh, but anyway, uh, there's no, there's a debate going on. Uh, debate going on in this country for this uh, that rears its head every once in a while. We'll keep an eye on that. SpaceX. Right, more on this, and that's all. Of this is coming out. Not only lack of cohesiveness in society over there in Germany, but now they have a hot war. Right, very much in the neighborhood there, and uh, I think that this might be indicate some type of escalation. God forbid. SpaceX has taken steps to limit Ukraine's use of the company's satellite internet connections for military purposes. A top executive at the Elon Musk-founded company said Wednesday, SpaceX President Gwen Shotwell said 
SpaceX has worked to restrict the country from using Starlink, as the company's satellite internet business is called, for military purposes. Starlink, which provides high-speed broadband, isn't designed to be used for offensive or defensive military operations, according to user documents. Ms. Shotwell reiterated the point that in explaining why SpaceX had added limits to Ukraine. There are things that we can and do and have done, right? She told reporters... But she defi- declined to discuss details. I don't know. I think there's an inside story here that, uh, anyway. All right. Uh, this is another story from the DailyMail.com. Is it safe to visit Mexico for spring break? The State Department issues the strongest possible do not travel warning due to threats of crime and kidnapping, as former U.S. Marshal claims cartels. Of inflict are infiltrating in are infiltrating once safe resort uh, resorts. Uh, six states are under the State Department's most severe do not travel warning. In some popular resort towns, cartels have established close ties with local businesses, enabling them to launder drug money. And it goes on and on. So I have a little story on this as usual. Back in the day, right? So. Pardon me, and that's my recording device here. So back in the day, we had, uh, uh, I had an opportunity to go on a project to Mexico. And I went, and I really wasn't into it, right? I really wasn't into it, especially since they said, Jimmy, why don't you go? And we're talking, this was 2002, 2003. They said, Jimmy, why don't you go and write up some safety issue, safety plan, and advisories and everything for the project down there. It was for uh, General Electric, and uh, as most people know, I mentioned here, most people know me, I worked on a General Electric mercury vapor cleanup, mercury cleanup in Hoboken, New Jersey, for uh, the former uh, GE uh, uh, mercury vapor lamp factory. In 1947, they shut down mercury vapor, mercury lamp operations in Hoboken. And what they ended up doing was moving all of those down to Monterey, Mexico. Right? They sold up there. They started making mercury vapor lamps over there. So we did the cleanup here. So then we had to do the cleanup over there, the company I was working with. What ended up happening was I started looking up some of this shit from the State Department uh, on traveling to Mexico, there are huge advisories there, even going back 20 some years ago. Don't go there. Don't go there. Blah, 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 blah. Have this, have that. And uh, I said, well, do I really want to have a piece of that? And then it came, you know, and there were some other issues uh, going on, like the project manager not telling me what was going on on the job and lying to me when I was writing up the safety plan. Uh, it was not. Uh, the nor the pe- the people that were doing the cleanup there, managing it, the management was not the management in Hoboken. I'll leave it at that. And uh, it was just, and I said, you know what? If this is the way it's gonna be, I really had to decline the job. Well, anyway, the people who did go there reportedly had uh, no, they uh, had uh security people with them, right? And they. And never, uh, and this is twenty some years ago. Now they're saying it's worse today than it was then. I don't know. It's uh, it sucks. 
you know, it really does suck that you can't go to some of these places uh, here. And the resorts uh, have always been pretty safe, right? Uh, there is my understanding. I've never been to Mexico. And uh, I know uh, Jay Allen goes down there often, uh, uh, often, uh, uh, you know, uh, down there. The other thing is I do not know Spanish. I wish I did. That was a big mistake on my part for not learning Spanish yet. Huge mistake. So we have a update on Helena Hutchins, uh, Alec Baldwin situation. Helena Hutchins, parents and sister in the Ukraine, in Ukraine, sue Alec Baldwin, claiming she would have brought them to the U.S. when war broke out, but was killed by the actor on the set of Rust. So now they're stuck in Ukraine. Baldwin was recently charged with involuntary manslaughter, going on and on and on. I, I think this is an interesting legal angle here. I'm not an attorney, but that's pretty, uh, uh, pretty uh, uh, unexpected, at least by me. I didn't see that one coming. And uh, I don't know, the uh, case against this, according to the article I'm seeing here, is that they had not begun the process of... Uh, uh, of uh, emigration, so who knows? Okay, and going into going into some environmental news. U.S. EPA seeks input. Uh, so this was released today. EPA seeks input on Inflation Reduction Act, uh, environmental and climate justice program today the u.s epa issued a request for information rfi seeking input on its environmental and climate justice program funded by president biden's inflation reduction act this program provides epa with approximately three billion dollars for environmental and climate justice program grants and technical assistance for environmental and climate justice efforts that benefit overburdened communities epa and this is from uh megan i'm sorry Marianne Engelman Aledo, Acting Principal Deputy Assistant Administrator for the Office of Environmental Justice and External Civil Rights. Imagine putting that on a business card. Wow. Holy Wuvenel. EPA is committed to using Inflation Reduction Act funding to make significant investments in the health, equity, and resilience of all communities and address past, current, and future environmental and climate justice challenges. This request for information allows us to hear from communities and their partners on how uh, our grant programs can work better for the communities that need this support the most. So, they're looking for input on the following. The ECGA, ECJ program design types of projects to fund, reducing application barriers, reporting and oversight and technical assistance and the deadline is March 17th. This, uh, da, da, da. a map, right? So today, the Union of Concerned Scientists released a map. More than 14 million Americans live within just five, five miles of 104 cancer gas-emitting facilities, reveals a new report. The Union of Concerned Scientists found that these commercial plants release large amounts of ethylene oxide. I've worked with that before a flammable colorless gas used to clean medical equipment and certain food items. 
These facilities designed uh, these facilities designed to look like warehouses or office buildings are located in densely populated areas with more than 10,000 schools and child care centers within range. And they have a map here. And let me see if I can zoom in on this map. Okay, we have one, two, three, four, five within an hour's drive of where I'm sitting right now. These are, uh, according to this map right now, come on, I gotta hate these ads. All right, according to this map right now, uh, all the states have this stuff that, except for the states in the Pacific Northwest. Wow. And Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, the Dakotas, uh, well, uh, North Dakota, at least. So out there. So, uh, I don't know. Um, what the, I don't really know what to think about this. I mean, you have to have these plants, right? With that. Uh, and I'm clicking on another link here. Would your neighborhood be targeting a nuclear conflict? The official map shows that 2,000 locations across the U.S. are more at risk. Heavily populated cities such as New York and L.A. would be primary targets, but more rural areas are also at risk. Idaho, Maine, and parts of Northern California and Oregon are safe zones, according to the FEMA hotspot map. So my question is, how old is this map? Uh, map is seven years old. These are the nuclear hotspots across America that could be targeted in the event of a thermonuclear war, according to the government. While heavily populated cities may seem like the most likely U.S. targets, there are other more strategic targets in states such as Montana or North Dakota to wipe out U.S. retaliatory for forces. Hmm. Montana. Hmm. Okay, so, and North Dakota. You know, someone should ought to think about flying a balloon or something over there, maybe, huh? I don't, oh, that happened last week. Sorry. The U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency originally released the map of the areas most likely to be targeted in 2015, but it has resurfaced on social media. Now, let me again look at this area. All right, now, here we have... There's a uh, book by Joel Susskind, uh, Strategic Relocation, uh, and it's been updated. That's probably based partially on this map, number one. And number two is that the uh, uh, target uh, by this map, number one. And number two is uh, it gives you descriptive things. So, for example, New York City. It says, and uh, when the book originally came out, I was reading it, and my wife uh, said, ah, what are you reading this? I said, honey, we're almost safe. Almost safe? What do you mean? I said, well, the, uh, if you're north of the New York uh, of uh, Route uh, 287 in Westchester, that's considered safe. South of it is not safe. I said, Route 287 is right down the street from us. She said, oh, really? <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. But anyway, I'm looking here, and, you know, the obvious places are uh, New York, and those are population centers, right? San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, uh, uh, 
uh, some areas down in Texas. Uh, they look like uh, Houston or uh, in the Houston area and uh, Austin, that area, right? And uh, Washington, D.C., uh, Norfolk, uh, and also parts of Florida. And you, what I, is a little bit annoying here is that this shows you where all the missile, uh, intercontinental ballistic missile locations are, right? That they always talk about out here. I, so I don't know if this is really a good idea. I, these look, based on what I'm looking at, this is where, where they are. Uh, but th th that's all publicly available data also. Now, primary target, we understand, you know, population centers. What would a secondary target be? Uh, typically, the... Uh, uh, so, for example, right here in northern uh, Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania, you have medical uh, facilities. You have uh, 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 a pharmaceutical plant right down the street from beautiful, what used to be beautiful Mount Airy Lodge in the 1970s. My in-laws have photos of the place. I scanned in. I should probably post them. They're pretty cool photos. Uh, but... Right there, there is a pharmaceutical plant that makes the flu vaccines and many other vaccines for the United States. Right, that would be an area. Dams, power plants, uh, power plants, uh, water sources. All of these things would are likely uh, now target areas. Uh, for that. So that would be a secondary target. So just don't think, so ju just think that, you know, hey, I'm living away from a city. That's a safe area. There are a lot of other things going on out there. Uh, there was a TV show, Jericho, in the late 2000s, right? Uh, that, uh, that was about this, an area of the uh, country that was safe from nuclear fallout and everything else. But as we, now, this is for if we're talking about nuclear attack from another country, terrorist attack, they're still saying three, and I double-checked, three 10-kiloton warheads uh, released the same day or in a short period, right? And on the same day. Do-do-do-do. Uh, and, of course, they have... And of course, they have um, maps and everything else. Ah, I, 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 I. So, again, is this hype? Is this uh, what we call uh, 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 disaster porn and everything else? I don't know. As I always say, be prepared for all of this stuff. Here's another story here, and I'm going to comment on this one. Teen 14 kills herself days after she was seen being attacked in high school hallways by bullies, and school administrators failed to step in. This happened in New Jersey. Now, why am I mentioning this in New Jersey? As everyone knows, that's my home state. I grew up in New Jersey, went to all my formal education in New Jersey. What I went through with the bullying in New Jersey, all right, is blatantly, they have a, New Jersey has an anti-bullying bullying law now for schools. All right. The, uh, the, uh, uh, what they did to me was illegal with the bullying uh, here with this. And the other thing is this, since Jersey has a bullying, anti-bullying law, 
And if this is true, I'm not saying it's true or not, innocent until proven guilty here, They uh, that the school knew about this and didn't do anything about it, they have a little bit of a problem other than a public relations issue and a conscience issue here. They, uh, this is actually uh, a, a major issue because the anti-bullying issue covers both the students' bullying and also the, uh, their enablers in the administration. So uh, a teenager has taken her own life just days after an alarming video showing 14-year-old being punched and kicked in a high school hallway circulated online. Uh, I'm not going to mention her name. This is in a very prestigious high school in Berkeley Township, New Jersey. Uh, she was found dead at her home two days after the shocking video surfaced on February 1st. The 22nd clip shows several students attacking the teen and hitting her with a water bottle as she walked by with her boyfriend. Bystanders are also laughing, uh, were uh, all are also seen laughing after she was punch kicked and had her hair pulled. Right? Uh, while hairful, while she lay in a fetal position on the floor of the school hallway, one of the attackers could be heard yelling at her. I'm not going to say what that is. According to her father, uh, Michael, 14 year old, the 14 year old was smashed in the face three times with a water bottle and blacked out. He then had to take his blood covered daughter to the police station to file a report because the school refused to do so. Three girls have been slapped with third-degree assault charges, and a fourth has been charged with disorderly conduct, according to News 12 New Jersey. They're all suspended from school. All right, I'm going to scroll down here. Do-do-do-do. And again, an obituary posted online says, The 14-year-old adored all animals. She helped children with special needs. She loved jogging with her brothers and was a true nature lover. It's a shame. If you are a loved one, have mental health issues, and you're thinking of suicide, contemplating suicide, even if you don't have mental health issues, seek help. There's a lot of help out there, a lot of resources. I'm going to say this also as the victim of severe bullying. All right. And I know for me, it was severe. Other people, not such a bad thing, right? They, they say, well, that's nothing compared to this. It does get better. School is not permanent. It's temporary. Right. Uh, the people who are bullying usually have big issues that they have to that they feel that they have to self affirm themselves by bullying other people it's very very disappointing here very disturbing uh, i know a uh, family who went through this with their 13 i believe 12 13 year old daughter her uh Home life and her story is very similar, was very similar to what I'm reading here about this young lady. Uh, the family never recovered. They don't recover. Remember that. Your family does not recover. The family needs all the help and prayers 
that they that you can offer them now as is appropriate. And with that, uh, I'm going to go to another uh, commercial break. Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. Okay, we're going to move into some of, well, let's do a time check here because this studio clock from the software often gives us the wrong time on here. Okay, 14 of, a little bit less than 14 minutes left here. So we're going to go into the some of the uh, financial news today. Dow Jones Industrial finished down today, 33,699. S&P 500 down slightly, 40,081. NASDAQ down slightly, 11,789. Russell 2000 down slightly, uh, 1915.34. U.S. Treasury note is holding at 3.76.78%. Bitcoin uh, came up a little bit. It's at 21857 Crude oil is at uh, dropped. The price dropped at uh, 7764 Let's check the uh, precious metals news. Do, 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 do. And you got to love computers here. Let me switch that. Okay. Gold, 1867.80, it's down $7. Uh, silver is down slightly at 22.21. Platinum at 968.20. Uh, palladium at 16.673, uh, up slightly. So what, what is palladium? I get that question. At Tripping, you always talk about palladium. Palladium is what was $300 about 15 years ago. And... Nobody had really heard of it. Now it's 1673. It's used as a catalyst in uh, catalytic converters. That is, and it's more money. Now the 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 prices of these metals have switched considerably over the years. So it used to be platinum used to be the most expensive precious metal. I mean, it used to be like $1,900 an ounce, something like that, right? We're talking about 15 years ago. And now it's worth less than gold. Palladium is now, so it was $300 and platinum was like $1,800. Now palladium is $1,673. Gold was $300 about 15 years ago. Now it's $1,869. Uh, I, I don't know. And uh, silver, no, the, the, the uh, people will always say, well, that's undervalued silver. Again, I'm not a financial guy, right? Uh, is always undervalued here. So uh, it seems like the more that we print money, the more valuable these commodities become on a certain level. That might have something to do with it. Now, this also happened in New Jersey. And this is uh, a an issue that we need. Uh, there were two incidents today. This is an issue that I think we really need to uh, address here. All right. 
First one is this. Uh, today was the uh, funeral of uh, Eunice Drumfor from Saraville, New Jersey. She was the New Jersey Municipal Council member that was shot dead uh, last week, a week ago, uh, in her car. Uh, I believe it was a targeted hit. Uh, that's uh, they don't have a. Uh, they're not releasing too many leads on this, and they're not uh, mentioning this. This seems like a political assassination. All right. Uh, Russell Heller, well, this is what happened 7 a.m. today. And by the way, I know uh, where this is. I know exactly where this happened. And this was in uh, uh, a PSCNG facility in uh, uh, Somerset, in Somerset County, in Somerset, New Jersey. Russell Heller, 51, was found dead. He is uh, was killed by a former employee, right, co-worker, again, uh, workplace violence coming from into a workplace by a person who's either a former, not working there, from an outside person. It's a former employee. I'm sure we'll get more, uh, we'll get more uh, details as we go along here. Uh, shot this guy, and he's a council member in uh, Milford, which is over in, I believe, is Warren County, New Jersey. I know, I know where it is. I I can't recall exactly which county it's in. I believe it's Warren County, northwestern New Jersey. Uh, again, was this a uh, was this another targeted hit uh, of the person? Was this a political assassination? I don't know what the hell is going on here. Both of them are were Republicans. Uh, Eunice Drum for last week and uh, Russell Heller this week. Uh, both uh, were Republicans. Uh, I don't know uh, what's going on on that. And again, what we find out uh, is, look, looking through this, I had to dig in the articles to find out which political party this was. All right? And then it eventually came out. Uh, very, very, it's very... Uh, uh, oh, here it is. Milford is in Hunterdon County. I got a message, a text message here. All right. Uh, it's shocking here. And then we no, we have another one here. Minnesota Congresswoman Angie Craig assaulted in Washington, D.C., her office says. U.S. Representative Angie Craig was assaulted on Thursday in the elevator of an apartment building, and her office said in a statement. Her chief of staff said the Democratic Congresswoman, again... Right? This comes right out and says it. The Democratic Congresswoman from Minnesota suffered bruising what was otherwise physically okay. Co added that Co, her uh, uh, chief of staff, added there was no evidence to suggest the attack was politically motivated. She defended herself from the attacker. They don't say why, and the, her attacker fled the scene. The lawmaker said the assailant was acting erratic and he seemed likely under the influence of an unknown substance. The attacker grabbed the lawmaker's neck and also punched her in the chin. Craig defended her. Oh, now this is good. How does she defend herself? Throwing hot coffee at the attacker before he fled the scene. Again, use anything you can as a weapon in self-defense.
Texas and natural gas industry paid record taxes in 2022. The Texas uh, oil and gas industry paid a record of $24.7 billion in state and local taxes and state royalties in fiscal 2022. By far the highest total in Texas history. It represents 54% increase from its previous record of $16 billion paid in 2019, more than double what it paid in fiscal 2021, according to a new report published by the Texas Oil and Gas Association. So there, uh, again... Gas and oil are up. Profits are up. Money's up. They're getting taxed uh, for it. Okay. Okay, we're going to finish with some studies that came out. There, uh, this is from the UK. From Little League to Super Bowl, athletics at any level can be stressful and psychologically challenging. Athletes are expected to perform when it matters most and be at their best when the game is on the line. And that's a whole lot of pressure for anyone to handle. Uh, in similar terms, right? If I lose, I'm a failure. Or if I face step, face setbacks, right? I'm stupid. Are examples. A team of sports psychology experts from Staffordshire, Staffordshire, we would say New Jersey, everywhere else, Staffordshire, University of Manchester Metropolitan University analyzed over 400 athletes. Their findings indicate that athletes' belief systems, more specifically irrational beliefs, have a connection to poor self-consequence and consequently greater competitive anxiety and depressive sy- symptoms. Right, despite the psychological benefits of physical activity, studies frequently report poor mental health in athletes, which may be exacerbated by adversities such as injuries, the selection, and performance pressure. So that's something you got to think about, right? In psychology, uh, Pluto has a neighbor. Ring dwarf planet at the edge of our solar system defies laws of physics. This is another report out of Sheffield, England, right? So apparently uh, there's a unique dwarf planet with rings, which define the laws of physics sitting at the outer reaches of the solar systems. Astronomers say the rings encircling the mysterious world named Quayar are more than twice as far out as the rings of Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune. And I've always wanted to say this planet's name on the air. Guess what it is? Uranus. Yes, I said it. The discovery is forcing scientists to rethink the origins of these structures. Astronomers discovered this dwarf planet after it passed in front of a background star. Okay. How much we got here? Okay, we're down to about 4 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay, so they've discovered a new dwarf planet. Okay, great. Now, we're going to, uh, from Linkovig, Sweden, report that uh, making a six-figure salary does not necessarily mean you're the uh, smartest person in the room, according to researchers in Sweden. While people with higher incomes do tend to score higher on IQ tests, the association only goes so far. Yeah, I can attest to this, right? Here's another one from Bath, New United Kingdom. Don't fret if you missed Close Friends' last few Instagram posts. Researchers from the University of Bath say you can still expect a like on your next post. 
Scientists report that friendships and relationships outweigh the emotional buzz of receiving a like on Instagram. In other words, when an acquaintance likes one of our posts, it usually gives us more disposed to return that like in the future. However, this study also finds that relationship status is the overriding factor when it comes to that elusive tap of approval. All in all, study authors say that close friends can expect a like from one another to an Instagram post regardless of reactions or lack thereof to a previous post. All right, all in all, right? Uh, but for acquaintance, such as such behavior is reciprocal. People are, who are good friends give likes to each other as a way of keeping the relationship going. Right? The action of giving a like can be seen as, and this is from Dr. Sinica Sisamala from Bad School of Management. The action of giving a like can be seen as a small building block that supports the friendship so, uh, and the bonds. Okay, great. So that's what we got here for Safety Wars. Uh, I'm going to try to redo the program from yesterday, at least have that information out there. I don't it took a lot out of me to do that. All, all two of my brain cells were at work there. So anyway, where are we going here? Uh, want to thank everybody. Uh, I should be on the air tomorrow, but Friday is a little bit of a rough day often. Uh, all different types of stuff going on, uh, but we're going to make an attempt to be on tomorrow uh, with this. But if we're not, I'm going to tell you now, have a nice weekend. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. We got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Uh, be careful out there when you're driving and everything else. And remember, I think we're just over 90 days for this whole COVID emergency to end officially in the United States. So for Safety Wars, this is Jim Pozel. Uh, remember to visit us on safetywars.com. Join us on all our social media platforms. I plan on doing a Instagram uh, video tomorrow. For Safety Wars, this is uh, Jim Pozel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay.